Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. everyone and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host Christine Blasdale and I'm so very happy that you tuned in today because we have a phenomenal show lined up for you and it is on a subject matter that it is just bewildering to me. It is um, something that I have been very much interested in and we're really literally going to talk to uh, probably one of the foremost experts in this subject and my guest today is Maureen St. Germain and Maureen is an Ascension teacher and author who's developed foolproof techniques to access your higher self and her latest book is called Opening the Akashic Records Meet Your Record Keepers and Discover Your Soul's Purpose you see why I wanted her on the show? She's perfect for the show. She is also <laughs> the founder of the Akashic Records International Incorporated. And um, she's best known for her Amazon bestsellers, and in, including the book Waking Up in 5D, Beyond the Flower of Life and Be a Genie. And her website is MaureenStGermain.com. And we'll spell that out for you uh, in great detail a little bit later. But I want to welcome back to Out of the Box, Maureen St. Germain. Welcome back. Thank you for having me, Christine. It's always a pleasure. I am so excited about this because, as I was telling you before we started rolling tape, that um, the Akashic Records have come up um, in my in my energy source, so to speak, in my field, just right before I got word that you have this brand new book. And I take that as always a sign and that I'm supposed to have you on air. So for our listeners who don't know what the heck Akashic Records are, which is probably most people, um, if you don't mind uh, explaining as much as you can to people what the Akashic Records are and why they're so important for us. Okay. So... The Akashic Records are also called the Book of Life. And the most well-known person who uh, talked initially about the Akashic Records was Edgar Cayce. And he was a mystic in the 30s. And he was asked where he was getting his information. And he was an accurate channel helping people with health issues and also giving life readings. And there were two areas that he was getting information from, the person's own energetic field and the Akashic Records. And when he was asked, well, what are the Akashic Records? He said they were, our, they were the field of, uh, also called the Book of Life in the Bible. And it can be compared to a supercomputer that the, um, the universe has on everything that has gone on everything that is going on, and also your potentials. So one of the ways I like to describe this business of potential, because free will is very important here, and that is you could be deciding 
to um, uh, go away on vacation to one location or another. And you're, you know, you're thinking about it and thinking about it. You're, one is a resort location, you know, where there's lots of swimming or whatever. And another is a kind of a spa where you'd be resting more, let's say. And you keep, you know, visualizing yourself in one environment. You visualize yourself in the other till you finally make the decision. So you have funded the future with your ideas about what each of those vacations would look like. Now, once you put money down on one of them, you are funding that one more and you are withdrawing your energy on the other. So there's, there's always free will. And a lot of times people think of the Akashic Records or accessing the records as being like a psychic reading, but it isn't because it's for soul growth. And the reason it's so important at this time is because we are at the end of an era. We're at the end of an era, meaning we're ready to transition to a more evolved human and our spirituality has not caught up with our technology. Mm. So we have the science, we have um, lots of things that we know and understand about the reality. And then we uh, have the spirituality that isn't as evolved. And I'll give you an example. Um, you could you could be someone who owns a company that is um, manufacturing food for someone and you are able to add something to the food to make it very um, delicious and inviting to people. And when you do, um, it makes people enjoy it more and you sell more. But then one day you discover that the food additive is also causing some kind of illness. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you're, if your spirituality is at the same level of your technology, what to do next is obvious. Yes. You take the food additive out. Of course. So right now we're not at that place yet. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> so that's, that's one way to think about why is it so important, and that is because we need to catch up. Yeah. So we, you know, we've gotten skills in certain areas, but our spirituality hasn't caught up. And there's lots of reasons why. Um, some of them have to do with our own behaviors, and some of them have to do, some of the reasons have to do with the, um, the influences of, of energies or beings that have an interest in our moving a little slower. So those, that, that part of the reality is on the wane, like a, a fading moon, and the full moon of our consciousness shift is growing. So we don't have to worry about it, but it's helpful to understand that it isn't entirely all of humanity's fault. Right. And, and when you had said that, you know, our technology has kind of outpaced maybe our spirituality, the first thing that came to mind was the ability, you know, with the nuclear age and the atomic weaponry, and that mankind has the ability and in and not just one particular country or one particular area, but multiple times. Um, has the ability to really wipe out life on this planet and affect things that are beyond this planet as well. I think I think human beings, we kind of think small. We just kind of think our own backyard, right? We don't think mm. about the impact of what's happening if um, a, a nuclear explosion or um, an accident happened with, with one of these nuclear reactors. The, well, what I can tell you yeah. is that we are being um, sponsored, if you will, 
by some highly evolved beings who are making sure that that will never happen. And I can tell you from my own connection to the source that I have been assured of this for at least the last 15 years, that we will not be able to exercise that um, option. So just like um, that thing that almost happened in Hawaii that everyone said didn't happen, Mm, it was stopped by these external beings who are working side by side with us and are not intervening unless there's a a specific um, threshold that has been crossed. And certainly that moment was one of those uh, events. Thank you very much, higher evolved beings. Indeed. (laughs) On behalf of everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've heard heard stories, and I'm not, I I wish I knew exactly the year and the the location, but I had heard, I've heard stories where um, nuclear missiles or, or, or something that had a nuclear capability had gone up in the air and and whatever it was, was like, not disconnected, but basically made it like mute. Shut down. Shut down. And yeah, that was that was yeah. in uh, Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. Yeah. And it happened in, I believe, the late 70s. 1978 is when I think it happened. Anyway, um, yeah, they were doing a test and they were shut down. And and the, the uh, military who was on duty at the time... Uh, the servicemen reported that they saw spaceships. So it wasn't any surprise about where the likely uh, source of, you know, having their power shut off. Basically what happened, you know, couldn't couldn't move things and couldn't move forward. So they gave up the test. Wow. (laughs) Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. And when you know these things, then then it adds weight to this story that I'm telling because it, it emphasizes that we are in a safe zone. We still have to do our own part, but you know, it's, it's kind of like a bully on a playground. You still have to show up and do your homework. You still have to go out in the playground and play. But if there's a bully on the playground, somebody else is watching and they're going to step in and, and stop that. And the bully will not get away with beating you up, even though he think he or she thinks that they might be able to do that. Yay. They won't succeed. Yay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, now you had, when we were talking about the Akashic Records, um, sort of being like this supercomputer that has, um, am I right to say that, like, let's say for my Akashic Record and for your Akashic Record and everyone who's listening to this, we each have one of these files and this file or book um, or film, right, has every single, is it true? It has every single thing that's ever happened to us um, from an emotional standpoint. Or, I mean, it's just, it's just a record of every single thing that's ever happened to us and, of course, will happen. Well, first of all, we want to think about it not in linear terms but more in multi-direct terms. So it's more and that does include your emotions and your thoughts, as well as your actions. And the record is energetic, and it is alive. And this is something that's a little bit hard to comprehend. So it's like but a living, breathing to... record. Right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Right. So if you were um, standing in the middle of it, and none of us would be, by the way, I'll explain that in a second. But if you were, it would feel like you were in a wave pool. Because it has this, you know, push and pull, kind of like if you're standing at the water's edge and at the ocean, 
and you're maybe in, at waist deep water, that water is going to push and pull you, um, whichever way the waves are, are, you know, the waves are coming in or, or going back. Um, and the reason we're never in, in it, as in the soup of the record, so to speak, is because we, um, we can influence it and impact the information. So you wouldn't, for example, if you found out that your best friend or your beloved was the person who murdered you in another lifetime, you might have trouble staying with that person, even though in this lifetime, nothing is going to happen like that. And you've both committed to seeing it through and working out your differences in a amiable and loving way. So that might scare you and make you run off or make you become more edgy or angry. Um, so we are on the threshold, like you would be with a reference librarian where they bring the records that are applicable to you to that threshold. And then you're working with that energetic uh, energy that's on the threshold of the records in a way that allows you to have information to make better decisions. Um, I had a, a man, for example, who wanted to be married and wanted to have a relationship, but he could never seem to get to that place. And he was a handsome man and he was charming and he had a good career. And in the records, they told him he had been a monk many, many lifetimes and he was devoted to God. So they explained to him that he had to, uh, to take another look at his past and his past lives as a monk and label that choice, celibate, as one way to serve God, but not the only way. Mm. And to look upon that in a way that would allow him to recognize that he could serve God in any environment. Because he had chosen, certainly, to have a secular life in this lifetime and to have a beloved. But he hadn't realized that his internal belief system, and I'll call it his internal programming that he had created was holding him back right within within months you know like a few months he met the the love of his life and they were married within a year so uh this was simply him getting a piece of information in the records that gave him wisdom to understand why he was in the place he was in and unable to move past it so sometimes in previous lifetimes we make decisions that we're pushing forward our vows that we push forward and then in order to unhook from that, we need information so we know what we're unhooking from. And, and we're not even aware in the current reality or the current timeline are that our decisions, that our fears maybe or our triggers uh, could be something that we're carrying from past lifetimes as well, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the very wonderful thing is when we change ourselves in this exact moment, especially when we get information in the records, we're also changing our past and our future. Ooh. Because our our timelines aren't really linear. They're um, it's more like circular, like when you see a rose in the petals. So they're all lining up and influencing other elements. So it actually makes for a more evolved individual because they're now able to integrate layers of awareness that they didn't have before. Right, exactly. Now, you mm -hmm. had you mentioned um, 
and in particular you write about in the in the book opening the akashic records you meet meet your record keepers and discover your soul's purpose um you write that anyone can or they have the ability to access these akashic records and I want to know for our listeners, because m- most listeners right now are like, wait a second, I want to find out. I want to I want to find out what my Akashic records say. Um, w- how how do people even, uh, you know, attempt that other than buying your book first? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it is true that anybody can and everybody does have permission. There was a time in human history that had access to this kind of knowledge. And because we're on self-transformation and we're catching up our spirituality to our technology, we are able to access this information because of a dispensation that has been granted. So a person tunes to that energy and makes clear intent. That's one way. And another way would be to follow a very precise protocol. And that's the way I teach. Um, a person might be so devotional and, you know, doing regular meditation work and clear on their intent that they want to access the records. They might be able to um, access that information, but it is possible to be self-taught, certainly. And the benefit of learning this method that I teach is that I have spent years honing it. I've spent years simplifying it. And I'm known as the practical mystic. So I teach people shortcuts. I teach people identifiers so that you know, oh, yeah, this is it. You know, like when you have a um, when you use your GPS to find someplace, some of the GPS instructions say you'll go past the drugstore and they give you the name of the drugstore. You'll go past this hotel. They give you the motel. They they give you landmarks along the way so that you really know where you're at. And that's kind of the way I teach. I like to give people the landmarks so they know. Um, there's lots of benefit from that. Um, there is uh, the higher up you go in the records, the more pure that information is. So, you know, I got asked at one point, what about, you know, like somebody who's got a bad intention or something? And, and I, it makes me laugh because the vibration that you are at when you are seeking this knowledge is the level of information you're going to get. So if you haven't done your own work, if you're not a meditator, if you're not doing whatever spiritual work you think you need to do, and I highly recommend that, that, that everyone have a to God every day in the morning and in the evening, even if it's simple as, dear God, I'm with you. I'm lined up to the divine. I'm lined up with my divine purpose. I'm choosing to be in alignment with, with my uh, mission. And I'm asking for help where I need it, you know. And then at the end of the day, thank you, God, for all the good gifts that have come my way. And I am choosing to be part of the divine. And I asked to go to an etheric retreat at night to study and learn more. You know, a simple thing like that gives you a great deal of benefit. And it gives you this alignment that makes it more likely that you will succeed in your quest to connect with the Akashic Records. And also when I teach the Akashic Records, I also require that um, the people who study with me learn how to connect with their higher self. And this is something I've taught in all my books. And I feel very strongly about this because once you have this connection to your higher self, no one can lie to you. And what that means is you can study with any teacher you want. You know, in 2012, when I was with Humbots men at Chitsen and we had this huge ceremony, He said, you know, this is the age of the female teacher and the female leadership. And uh, I had to rewrite my presentation because 
right before I went on, my guides came in and said, you need to tell everyone not to trust spiritual teachers. And I said, <laughs> I'm so glad you're laughing. Yeah, I said this it's and true. Not, not nearly as many people laughed as I wanted them to, because I'm thinking I'm a spiritual teacher. Why are you not laughing that I'm saying, don't listen to me. But the truth is when you know how to connect with your higher self and you have hundred percent accuracy, which is in, in the method that I teach, if you follow my protocol, you will have 100% accuracy after 45 days. And what happens is then if someone is giving you uh, three truths and one lie and then one more truth, you can see through the lie and you don't have to dismiss all the truth you learned. And, exactly. and I, yes. I make a comparison to what we would call a lost leader in a grocery store. And that's where they offer your favorite potato chips or something like that on sale at less than what it costs them. That's why they call it a lost leader. It leads you in. And then while you're there, you think, oh, I need eggs or I need this or I need that. So you stop and you buy those things. And then you get home and you look at the price of the ketchup you bought. And you think, wait a minute, this is a dollar more than what I pay in the regular store I go to. And so you're kind of annoyed. But you have the ability now at that point to not buy ketchup in this other special store. And the lost leader still gave you a good deal. It still gave you a good bargain. And so the idea in in what's happening right now is there are many teachers who are being given information by um, high, highly evolved beings that have specialized agendas that are not 100% pure. So those teachers are attracting lots of people. And what my opinion is, is don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Just look at what they've given you that you know is of value and use it and keep going. Yes. And oh, by the way, don't judge those people because they're doing the best they can. And they might not even know that they are being used by some higher being that's providing that information in the first place. Exactly. And you nailed it on the head. I love that. I love how that, that perspective, because um, there's, there's, there is an inner knowing, I think too, when things resonate with you and, and you, you do you you gain knowledge or you gain a perspective maybe that you didn't have before, and then yet that same person or teacher may have a you know may have a really bad temper may you know well, have angry you know, it, anger issues it, or something you know, and instead of throwing exactly. it all out, you, you you take what you you take the good stuff and 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 you set aside the bad exactly exactly and you know I I, I bring this home to a very personal experience. Um, I'm happily married. I've been with my husband 10 years. But when I met him and he was uh, starting to uh, court me, we hadn't really gone on any dates because he lived in a different city than I did. But we were on the phone pretty regularly after a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. And I had met him once in person and he had, he had said to me, you know, you're going to meet my ex-wife, blah, blah, blah. And I had met her at this event. OK, so I go back to my city and now he's starting to pursue me. And my higher self said to me, ask him when his divorce was final. And so I did. And he said, oh, well, you know, we're trying to refinance the house so we can uh, split up and blah, 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 blah. So we haven't really done that yet. You know, we have them together for a couple of years and she's in a different bedroom, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a big story. And I said, well, I think that's fabulous. And I am so impressed that you found a way to work it out for everyone's happiness. And it's really been nice to get to know you. <laughs> and he said, what does that mean? 
and I said, it means I don't date married men. Booyah, Maureen. <laughs> and he applied for a divorce the next day. <laughs> and sent me the paperwork to prove it. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, you know, you know in your heart and you either deny it or accept it. Yes, so, yes. you know, and, and that's a scary thing. You know, it is scary to face what you don't want to know. You know, I don't want to know that. But, you know, he seems cool. He seems like a nice guy. And, and, you know, but you at the same time, you don't want to not pay attention to that. And that's the thing about the higher self connection that um, is so important is once you develop this your higher self becomes your new best friend in that it's advising you in advance. So you actually are able to get information before you need to know it. And your higher self comes in and gives you advanced information. Now, when you get a hit, whether it's, you know, to go to the library or to go to a department store, you don't know why you're being told to do that. And you can say to yourself, is this my higher self telling me X, Y, Z? Yes, do it. And I have even avoided car accidents because my higher self told me to, you know, do a certain thing with my car that was, in my opinion, not the ideal thing to do with your car. And yet I did. And I completely avoided a collision that I would have um, would have faced. You know, I got behind a semi and very close range in that air, you know, that what do they call that airfoil. And stayed there because my higher self said to, and another car came going the wrong way, and mm. I would have plowed into it. You know, I had... because I was behind the car, behind the semi, I didn't even know that a uh, offensive uh, driver was even out there, and the semi could see much further ahead than me. Who knows? Maybe he was warned by another trucker. I don't know. But as soon as that that guy went by me, but the, when my higher self told me to do this, I said, "Is this my higher self?" Yes, do it. Really? Yes. And it happens in a flash so of a second. People, you know, don't be afraid to argue with your higher self to make sure it's absolutely certain in your own mind. But at the same time, you know, you still follow through. Um, exactly. And this, this is a whole process. And that's why we spend six weeks developing it and playing with it. Because we play first. We play. We have fun. We uh, enjoy the experience to the point where we are so familiar with our higher self that there's no question about who's communicating with us. And if there is, you still have your failsafe of asking that question. Yeah, and it's, and it, that, that elevates everyone to a place where they can then use that elevated place to reach to the Akashic Records from a much purer state than they would if they weren't using that work. And that's why I say, you know, yeah, you can, you can access the records without those tools. Um, and people do, you know, there's plenty of self-taught artists out there that are fabulous. And then there's plenty of the rest of us that like to have a protocol that we would follow. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's having that ability to, to listen to that, that voice and, I, when you were talking about the the when you were driving in the car, I immediately flashed back to a time when I was relatively young. I was in college in San Diego, and I remember being I remember being by myself in the car, and I was at a four way stop. It was you know stop signs, no no signal, but there was um, just stop signs, and 
I had, you know, stopped and I looked to the left and I looked to the right and there's nothing there. And I started to proceed as you do. And it was as if there was a voice like in the back seat, like somebody leaned over and in my ear, like in one ear, not a, I didn't hear it in my head. It was like I heard it in my ear on the right side. And it just very, and very calmly, it just said, stop. And for that split nanosecond, because time does, it does a weird thing because there is no such thing as time. I th- I've, I've learned this, but I a question, I said, I said, wait a second. There's nobody in the car with me. <laughs> um, who said that? Cause I could, I, it was like, I felt a breath, you know, I said, who said that at the same time, I totally obeyed what, what they said. Stop. So I, I, I put my foot on the brake almost as I was going through the intersection. Lo and behold, uh, thankfully I listened to that voice because as I was stopped there, a car was flying over, um, it was literally just screaming down the street, and it went right through the intersection. It didn't stop. It was barreling through. And had I not listened to that voice, I know I would have been T-bone. It would have been not a pretty picture wow. for Christine, you know. Um, wow. But, and I was, and I, and it was so funny because, <laughs> Maureen, when it happened, of course, you know, first of all, I was shocked. I was amazed. Um, I was very grateful that I didn't go forward, and then I listened to the voice. But then I... I, I looked, I went in my, the back seat of my car, I'm looking for like a person and I get out and I got, I got like a little upset, you know, because I was like, what the hell just happened? Um, but that was my kind of my younger years. And now I know what it is and it is, it's, you know, if it's my angel or if it's my higher self, just stepping in going, not yet, baby, you're not ready to go yet, <laughs> you know, and wow. listening to that. But yeah, that was a very, um, powerful, um, lesson for me to listen to that voice too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, and yeah. you know, stopping is a piece of cake, you know, it's easy to stop. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, we had you had made mention a little bit um, earlier that um, the Akashic records, for well, for a very very long time, right, have was something that was really kind of exclusive to um, mystics or shamans, um, right? And it was it was very protected, right? It wasn't really known to um, the wider population. It still is, I think, very much something that's not discussed. Um, and that's why I want to have you on the show. But um, my question is, is number one, um, why is it that it is okay now? Um, is it because we're at a, that critical juncture in, t- in, t- in our time? Or is it um, because it was something that's been sort of preordained that at this point of our evolution, when people reach this particular level, they'll be ready for it? Well, I think it's a little bit of both. But in order to back up, let me say that mm-hmm. um, the term, the Akashic Records, was first introduced by a person by the name of Madame Blavatsky and that whole theosophical movement. And then um, when Edgar Casey was in a trance, he was using that term as well. Prior to that, this body of knowledge was referred to as the Book of Life. So uh. even though we haven't used that term for a very long time, it has been around in the mystic circles. Yes. And secondly, the word Akash is sky in Sanskrit. So it implies um, knowledge that's in the sky. And the word Akash doesn't, it, Akash could mean the Akashic records, but it could also just mean the etheric energy 
energy. And the reason it's available now to everyone is a little bit of both of your proposed ideas. Number one, we are at the end of an era, so everybody's being given an open book test, so you no longer have to take your tests blind. You can have information that will help you make the highest ideal choice. And then secondly, um, as humanity uh, evolves into higher consciousness and we all become more evolved, the net result is that we, um, we have abilities that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have abilities to see that field. Now, the thing that is important to understand, and this is almost like a riddle, when you and I become more evolved and we're connected, and we have moments like this, by the way, everyone does, where we're sliding up and then we slide back down. Mm-hmm. So when we're in that evolved state, in that high, you know, connected state, you're not going to make crappy decisions because those don't even occur to you at that level. Correct. So you don't need the Akashic Records. So it's kind of funny because we need that information now to help us understand better why our crazy aunt is acting the way she is and, and, or why we chose the people that we were with. Um, you know, I, I, um, I'm trying to think about, um, someone that I, uh, had their records open a couple of days ago and, uh, we, we had a session and, and she was asking about, um, some things that she had been told by other guides by other maybe psychics and uh, all the information she got was accurate but she was wanting to know why uh, the situation with her beloved hadn't fleshed out and what was interesting is in the very beginning of that session when she first asked about you know was this person her beloved and blah 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 you know that kind of the divine partner energy the record keeper said yes but it's not fully fleshed out yet. It's not fully uh, um, in consciousness. And later in the discussion, she was asking about, well, you know, why has he not, you know, taken the appropriate actions that would bring him where he's supposed to be? And the record keepers referred back to their opening remarks and said, it's not fully integrated. You know, he's still dealing with the uh, experience of himself as a man before this other energy kind of moved into him and he hasn't really integrated it. So the record keepers give you understanding. I mean, she had accurate information about her beloved and about her twin flame. And she had an expectation that it was an instantaneous thing. And what the record keepers pointed out to her is he has free will. He has to choose this now that he's in a human body and he's, you know, stepping into this energy and she's thinking that the energy is going to be so strong that there will only be one choice, but it hadn't fully moved in yet. So Mm -hmm. these are the kinds of things, these magical pieces of information that offer insight and also teach us patience because maybe things are going to come together, but maybe, you know, there needs to be some integration time. You know, there's a there's a classic case of somebody who ends up being married to someone who murdered them in a past life. And I kind of alluded to that in the beginning of our call. And they're working it out. They, they, they don't even have any animosity in this lifetime. 
but but there was this energy of um of course not feeling safe well yeah and not knowing why that they didn't feel safe but if you know see that's the beautiful thing about the about the akashic records too if you know that let's say in a in a past life if you're with somebody who is obviously who's like your a twin flame or a soulmate and you're in a relationship and you don't understand why why is it that I don't trust them even though they've never cheated on me and they're 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 so loyal loving, and loving and loyal and, yeah. right and and they're just the most amazing human being but why is it that I I just I feel like I can't trust them and then when you if you do find out in an akashic record that in a past life you know they left you when you were pregnant and you had all these kids and they just went off and was a philanderer then no matter what they were they're doing in this lifetime that could bleed over but how right. beautiful it is for for especially for people in relationships to have access to those as long as they don't place judgment and blame because that's you know <laughs> that's the right, other right. thing that right defeats the purpose absolutely you, defeats the purpose you don't want you know, to beat up somebody a... mentally for years going in the last life you cheated on me you dog you know <laughs> <laughs> that's not right <laughs> well you know it's funny that you say that there's another case where a woman uh uh had to deal with a um a lot of debt after her marriage ended and years later in the records she was told that her husband had been her slave in a previous life and had money issues oh so then him leaving with her with all the debt made total sense that kind of like changes how you look at it you know you're gonna go well you know that's how it was yeah and it's it's not it's not such a big offense in another instance and this is really mind-boggling you know, there's some, there can be more than one version of the same soul. So, you know, you have like one of those special lamps that have filaments that go out in all directions, one soul and more than one life expression, even in this lifetime. Correct. So Correct. what if the person, another person, another version of you steals from you and you finally figure out that the person who stole all that money from you was another version of you? Was that theft? That's It becomes pretty funny because... You, you, you kind of look at this and go, that's hilarious because how can you be mad if it was another version of you that stole money? It means they didn't really steal because it was all your money anyway. I mean, it's just so funny to me. And it also helps us lighten up in terms of how we look at ourselves and the reality. So it's it's quite amazing, um, you know, the vastness of information. And there's one other thing that I want to say about the Akashic Records and that's really important, and that is the Akashic Records guides are extraordinarily loving. And one of the ways you know you're in the Akashic Records and not connecting with some other energy is this enormous feeling of love and protection of you. And this feeling of love is so big that it's like how you feel when someone lets you hold their baby mm. and you just, your heart opens and you feel like every part of you is melting to just to have this privilege. And, um, I, I named, nicknamed it the hammock effect because it's like when you get in a hammock and you feel so, uh, held so sweetly. And one of my students made a really exquisite statement because she said that she was in the records every day uh, 
And she said, you know, the energy of the record keepers is absolutely addictive. It's so loving. Oh, yeah. That's cool, isn't it? That's nice. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. So there's lots of reasons why we're to uh, have access at this time um, to help us step up, to help us perhaps make a leapfrog ahead and to step into our place of being uh, masters where we can um, manage ourselves and and our connection with each other in a much different way. And we recognize that everything and every person is connected to us and that we are one consciousness serving each other. I, I, and you know what, how amazing would it be too, if we all realized that we're not just this body, uh, in this lifetime, you know, so many people just identify them. They identify themselves for what they see in the mirror. This is who I am, Maureen. I am a, you know, so-and-so year old um, person from this part of the country. I have these parents, blah, 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 blah. And that's all they think that they are. They may have a spiritual connection or a religious, you know, they, they may have a religious background. And so they believe in a higher power. Um, it's very, a lot of times it's very, um, separate from themselves, and that's because of maybe dogma and the church and all that. But wouldn't it be amazing if we did all if we if we realized that we were like you were talking about your um, uh, someone that you had worked with that in another lifetime you were not just this uh, person who's you know who had a nine to five job, but you were someone maybe who who harmed someone else, or you were. Um, of a different color, a different nationality. You right. were, imagine all of the the racism that we have now and the sexism and the, and, and, or any homophobia or anything like that. If people had that realization, it would pretty much wipe that out because you would be like, well, I've been that before, you know? Well, and you know, it's funny. We, we all have done this. You know, when I, um, when I first moved from my house and sold my home and moved into an apartment, part of my identity was tied to being a homeowner. Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't say, I own that home, I own where I live, I felt like I was less than because I had given myself some kind of prestige about being a homeowner. And when I realized that I had done that, then of course, I allowed myself to unhook but part of my identity was tied just to being to having status of being a homeowner. And the same is true, you know, a lot of people with work, you know, I'm a, a bookkeeper or I'm the president of the company or I'm the accountant. And we give ourselves status for having acquired some outside label. And all of these statuses are because inside we haven't accepted how awesome we are. And that we don't need to do that. And the minute we finally get it, who we are, then the need to hold on to the status isn't important anymore because no, nobody can change that. Nobody can touch it. And that's one of the things that being in the Akashic Records says. The record keepers, little by little, will teach us who we really are. Mm. And as that information comes in and we get told you know, what awesome beings we are and how special we are that starts to sink in initially you know you're going to go yeah right 
And then as it starts to sink in, then nobody can touch it. Nobody can take you down. Nobody can harm you because even if they have ill intent or not, it doesn't touch you. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I can think of, of cases where um, people were accused of certain things and they would laugh out loud because it was so far from what they would even consider doing. Right. And, you know, so, um, in fact, I'll tell you a, a funny story. You know, there was a great story in the New York press about how a man found $10,000 in a purse that was left on the subway. And he turned it in to the station where he found it. And the lady who it belonged to was located and she got her money back, all of it. And I think that's so cool. I think that's so impressive, but that's not the end of my story. So the other day I was uh, at a bookstore and I'd done some book signings and I was on my lunch break. So I went out to a little uh, parlor area in the bookstore where they had chairs and I sat down to eat my lunch and I looked on the floor and there was this little bag and I picked up the bag. Nobody else was around and I opened it and there was chocolate in it. And for a weak moment, I thought, I wonder if they would miss one of these pieces. <laughs> so if there'd been money in that bag, I wouldn't have been tempted, but because there was chocolate in it, and I'm making a joke here, but you, you can see how knowing uh, certain things and where you're at allows you to step up. And I thought to myself, that's really funny. I'm actually tempted with the chocolate. I wouldn't have been tempted if it in somebody's money. I would know they need that. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> now, um, Maureen, uh, uh, again, uh, of course, we want um, we want people to check out the book. It's Opening the Akashic Records, Meet Your Record Keepers, and Discover Your Soul's Purpose by my guest, Maureen St. Germain. Um, but Maureen, so for, for people, let's say... As, as soon as they get through listening to this program and they want to begin this journey and before they are able to get your book, um, but they want to, they want to start right away. What are some, can you, can you give us some simple, um, some maybe basic steps that we can do to start um, seeking and accessing our own, our very own Akashic records? Well, I would highly recommend that they read my current book, um, Waking Up in 5D. Because that certainly sets the stage for people to begin to understand what is possible. Because you need to be in that 5D, um, you need to access that 5D space. Well, being in that 5D space makes it so much easier. It's like, okay. are you going right. to climb 20 flights of stairs? You're going to climb five. You know, you may as well do the first 20 or 15 ahead of time. Correct. So the, the waking up in 5D really helps people. First of all, <clears throat> it helps people understand what's going on. And what has been happening to them? Because so many people are having experiences that they dismiss. They have a weird, mm. they have a dream. Yeah. They have an experience with something appearing and, and disappearing and coming back, and they blow it off. They they don't have any framework for it, and so they just say, "Oh, that was weird," and then they dismiss it. Whereas if if they know from reading about it that that these things are happening to lots of people, and this is why it's happening, and this is what exactly is happening. Then they don't have the need to label it weird, and they also have the ability to give themselves permission to be bigger than what they thought they were because of these experiences. Because the experiences actually allow you to step into who you really are, and that's very powerful. 
when you see or understand the um, environment around you is different and you're able to frame it in a new terminology, then suddenly the next thing is going to be super easy. Right, right. So that would be one thing. Another thing you can do is very simple and very easy is to announce, I am having a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with. And what that does is gives you the uh, 5D vibrational data set, even though you haven't earned it. So it's kind of like I got a, I got a friend uh, who works at the movie theater, and because of that, he gets me free passes and I never have to buy them. Okay, so you have an in. And that statement, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth, can be used in lots of ways. You can use it on a daily basis. Uh, You can use it in a way uh, to define a family reunion or a college reunion or a um, vacation or, you know, something special in a focus way by saying, I'm having a week of heaven on earth, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm having, um, you know, two months in Europe, uh, heaven on earth. And the benefit of doing this is because when we put our money into something, when we put our ideas and our mind into making reservations and making plans and, you know, working it all out. And then we add this gilding, if you will, on top of it, because it's going to be a day of heaven on earth and heaven on earth is 5d. That's everything is in harmony with yourself and those around you. And you're not asking just for yourself. You're asking for me and everyone I come in contact with. Yes. So it's really wonderful. And it's a very easy, super fabulous skill to do. And then one of the things that I do with my husband at night is I say a bedtime prayer. And part of that bedtime prayer is I am waking up in 5D. So we're announcing to the universe that's how we're going to wake up. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, those are some really wonderful tools to allow you to be ready and to do this work. And then, you know, you can, you can write and ask the record keepers to allow you to have access. Um, I was in the records before I learned my protocol and developed it in a precise way. And, um, actually I was told never to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) So you might get told that, I mean, if you're really in the records, you might get told the same thing I was told. Don't do this. This is not appropriate. And so that's why I'm passionate about using a protocol, because then I know I'm in alignment with what was given and, and the permission that was granted. How amazing. What, what, you know, uh, I'm just curious, too. When did you when did you first stumble upon this or or wake up to the Akashic Records and 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 start your journey on this? Well, I had been teaching um sacred geometry and meditation since, uh, 1995. And in the late nineties, I was told I was being given access to a dimension that had been closed to humanity for eons. And then I asked, well, am I the only one? And I was told, no, but you are to be a way shower for many. Mm. And at that time I had no idea they were referring to the Akashic records, to be honest. And I was also told I was being given a permanent guide so that those gifts that came in due to my own devotion. And I had really, I mean, you know, I, I taught when I was doing that 
that meditation work and teaching meditation classes, I was teaching every single weekend. I averaged 45 weekends, every, uh, 45 cities every year. Ooh. And I would teach three different classes. You know, I'd teach a level one and a level two and some other kinds of manifestation with sacred geometry. And so I was really devoted to the, the spiritual work. And that's all I did. You know, my kids were um, uh, out of college and on their own. And I was single and I was able to really, really, you know, dive deep. And I did. And so that came about as a result of that devotion. Did you also, with, with, when you had accessed your Akashic records, too, did, did you see the, the books that you, because I know with Waking Up in 5D, which is just phenomenal, and then now the latest book, um, Opening the Akashic Records, did you, did you see that, or did you, were you told that, that you were going to be writing these books, which I think is brilliant, because it gets it out to so many people? Um, actually, I... From the time I can remember, I wanted to write a book, but I didn't think I was a very good author. And um, I was terrified to even start. Um, so, but I was pretty good with people in classes, and I like to teach classes. So I thought, well, if I teach classes on, you know, manifestation and these kinds of things, then the book will write itself. And I kept a very good journal. And any, any of you who are listening who are would-be authors, one of the easiest ways to write a book is to keep a journal and write down your experiences every day. And what will happen is they will trigger your ability to then write the message that you're supposed to write because you'll have that resource. And then you won't be afraid, what do I write? Because it's all there in front of you. So... Um, I knew, I knew that I would be writing books. And then I had a catalyst in my life, someone who got in my face and said to me, so what are you going to do different to make sure you write that book? And I realized at that moment that I was so preoccupied and focused on traveling and teaching that I didn't have any time left to write. And so I said, okay, I will hire an assistant so that I don't have to do all the booking and the teaching. And then I will have time to write the book. And so once I hired the assistant and had that person working with me and, and trained, then I made sure I took time to start to keep those journals and records and, you know, start to get writing on it. But I had lots of setbacks. You know, one day I came home, I, I got up in the, in the morning and I found my um, computer that had been sitting on my desk on the floor in front of our picture window in pieces oh and i have four sons so i went to the likely candidate <laughs> and woke him up and said um can you tell me why my computer is in pieces on the floor in the family room and he said yes i wanted to surprise you and upgrade you to windows 97 or whatever it was I mean, it was a long time ago and I said, and, and he said, um, it blew your hard drive. <gasps> oh, my. and I, I said, um, you mean my hard drive, my hard drive's toast. And he said, yeah, pretty much. And I said, uh, my book is on there. 
Wow. So I started over. And I told myself, well, it must not have been a very good start. <laughs> I had to start over. And I just kept on going. So, you know, everybody's got excuses, but, you know. But the book that you were supposed to well, write. My teacher. One of, yeah. Yeah. The book that you were supposed to write was kind of come from yeah. that second that second time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and as as um, the Ascended Master Omoria says, and he was my first teacher for many, many years, said to me in my head, and he said to so many people, not just to me, I don't care if you fall down. I want to know if you're going to get back up again. Mm, I love that. I do. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness, the time has just flown by, um, and and I can't believe that uh, that we have to wrap up. But I want to thank you so very much again, Maureen Saint Germain, for the incredible work that you've been doing over these many decades too on uh, waking people up to their to the Akashic records, and now with the brand new book, opening the Akashic records, meet your record keepers and discover your soul's purpose. I wish you all the success with that with your latest book, and I hope people can uh, can check it out. You can of course get it on Amazon, and also like she was saying, pick up Waking Up in Five D. Um, start off with that book as well. Um, it's a it's a great it's a great read. And I think it's just perfect preparation for people accessing accessing their Akashic records. Um, Maureen St. Germain, and for people, if they want to get in touch with you, best place is, the, is your website, correct? That is correct. And we do have an inquiry form, and there's lots of information on our website. I highly recommend you sign up for my blog. Yes. My blog post always has wonderful information, and we usually have a freebie for you. Um, on the, those blogs is directly related to whatever I'm talking about. So I, that's always a fun gift. We like freebie gifts as well. So the website is MaureenStGermain.com and it's M-A-U-R-E-E-N-S-T-G-E-R-M-A-I-N.com. So please do check her out and, um, and sign up for her newsletter. Again, thank you so very much, Maureen St. Germain, for all of your amazing work. And we'll have you back again, uh, hopefully, real soon. Yes? Sounds good. I'd love to do that. It's such a pleasure to work with you. You have such great questions. And oh, thank you. It's a wonderful thread. So thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. And I, uh, I want to thank you, wonderful listeners, for tuning in today. Remember that uh, this particular program is going to be available in YouTube format so you can share it easily on social media, send it to email and an email to your family and friends. And if you want to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to that YouTube channel or you can also subscribe to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, a whole host of different platforms that you can subscribe to this particular podcast show. So thank you again. And as always, I want to remind you to think outside of that box. Bye for now.